if I say anything about Ryan Seacrest, that's negative. I understand it only makes me look negative. That being said, I don't fucking give a shit anymore. Yeah. Fuck that guy. He's going to be fine. All right. purposes only. You'd be an idiot to listen to anything these degenerates say. Invest at your own risk, do research, but seriously don't listen to these ass clowns. Now enjoy Cash Daddies. Welcome to Cash Daddies. We're banking fatties. Yes, we're here. Another week has gone by. Lots of wins, couple losses, but at the end of the day, we're all here. Uh, join me as always, my good friend and yours. How we doing? How are you? Good, Sam. Good. Good weekend. Good to see you. And we have like, oh my God, uh, internet celebrity joining us, Evan Hand, a man of a thousand podcasts and a million uh, paywall blogs, everybody. Mm. What's your blog so everyone knows, Evan? Let's uh, let's start getting this going. Dollar, I'm, dollar bills. Um, I'm writing articles for Four Deep now about NFL DFS. So. Yeah, hold on. Paid articles. I tried to click on one and I can't even read it. And then I say, what's my password? You, get me in here. And I get no response. You have a membership. Nobody yeah. told me this. Tommy gave you a membership. Evan ain't shining shoes no more. So who walks me through the process to get started? You know what? Come back to it. Sam, ask me how I'm doing. Hey, uh, Neff, how are you doing? I'm not happy because you know what? Someone on our show got a little too big for their britches too fast. They blow up overnight. <laughs> what how we do? Okay. They get, they have multiple websites and then they're like oh check out my week three picks and i go and read it and i can't do it without paying it and then i call the person i know who's who's writing the blog and i say evan can i please read your week three picks and i get no response it's fucking bullshit what it's not cool <laughs> that never happened check your text bitch that never happened <laughs> i'm getting served by a 23 year old and i don't like it yeah, Evan Hand ain't shining shoes no more, Neffy. Oh, I, I have a feeling when I we am. start doing live shows, Evan's going to have to have his own locker room and not even fucking hang out with us. He's yeah. going to become the Axl Rose of this fucking thing. Oh, demanding all the going to have support. a writer, and it's going to be like Spinal Tap backstage. He's just going to order all this shit and do nothing with it. He's going to be taking baths in Crystal while we're fucking drinking Brute. Yeah, you, we're Evan. Like, we're gonna be in the in small green room. Evan's gonna be next door with like six bitches up on him, like just sucking I, down Perion. <laughs> All right. Well, you know that got very not Christian quick. Uh well, hey, I'm very excited to have our next guest on. He's a comedian, a veteran of comedy for a little while now, and he was on one of the biggest shows ever. And you know, he's gonna talk a little bit about that whole experience because he has a movie coming out. Uh, very excited to have him on. Good friend of mine. Please welcome Brian Dunkelman. How are you, Brian? What's up, fellas? It's good to be here. I've been a reader since the beginning. Yes. Brian, you're since a class beginning. act, man. I've Appreciate known you it. for a long time. And I know we, you know, our circles don't run like they used to back in the day. But, you know, we keep in touch, and you know, whether it's through social media and stuff like that. And you're a real yeah. fucking class act and a good Appreciate guy. You, brother. I'm super thankful that you uh, have joined us today. And you know, I really love you, man, and everything because you went through some crazy ass shit. And I was, I was, even though like 
I wasn't right there with you. I was like one degree away from you while it was happening. And it was yeah. like, it was such a crazy thing. So, I mean, I don't know where you want to start. I mean, I, I have a question. I actually have two questions specifically for you. Number one, how did we not do drugs together back then? And number two, did we? No, we <laughs> didn't, which is really crazy. How? I don't know, dude. You know, I'm a weird combination of like, I come from isolators and there was something about like how dead the comedy store was there that I could yeah. just go isolate there. There's like three or four chicks who said they were comics and they were just there to do blow and drain sacks. And that's the only reason <laughs> they were there. And they and got, I like, I still to this day think we should have a, a little area at the comedy store in the back where we put up all the ladies' names who helped us keep the guns out of our mouth. The wall, the, the wall of the sack drainers. <laughs> yeah, but it's all mind. out of love. All out of love, man. And I don't know, man. I I, I wish we had, dude. I wish we had. I knew I should have been a store comic, dude. I knew that's what I was. And I didn't get past, though. Mitch didn't pass me. She said I was too polished. It was... It too, too polished. I didn't know what the fuck that meant, but I think yeah. I get it now. All these twenty. Dude, she didn't pick up later. Sinbad after he got standing O. I got a standing O. She didn't pick me up. He's too offensive. That's what she said, and they made me <laughs> well, showcase regular. Well, that makes but, you sense. Know, here's the thing, dude. You know, I always say this about any comedy club or anything in life. It's like you don't need anything to make it. There's a ton of people who never stepped a day in the comedy store or the cellar or any right. of those big name places that had wonderful, wonderful careers. And I know that we all want to like, you know, put that on like, you know, our, 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 our mantle, our trophy case. But it's like I never got to do the Tonight Show. And I know a lot of people did that. And it's just like everybody's path is different. It's just like yeah. And, it, and it's like, you're a great example how like, you know, like for me, man, I used to do a lot of drugs and my, I, you know, I had these super highs and super lows and now I'm at a super high again. And it's just such a long journey that I just can't like Evan, I can't explain to him how long the fucking journey is. Yeah, it's, it's such it's, a long journey and you don't it even really understand is. it, dude. And this guy's doing great shit at 23. And God bless. I hope he does it when he's 53. You just never know because you could you, try and explain it to him, but he would need $9.99 and a full membership <laughs> endorsement to even <laughs> listen to you. That's where he's at, man. I don't get paid from that. What's that? I don't get paid from that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. It's like it's like when you're, you know, 15 years old and your mom tells you it's important to wear a condom. Same type of thing. Oh, you dude, know? you have weird conversations with your parents. It's when it's in one ear out the other. You know? Hey, speaking of doing drugs together, I don't think I ever did drugs with Brian either, but Sam and I uh, went for a stroll late last night in Hollywood Boulevard, and we learned about cocaine on the street these days, and they flavor it. Were you guys aware? And we're of not talking fentanyl flavor. Uh, either. No. We're talking like we're talking about coke, uh, coconut, coconut flavor, Strawberry and blueberry blow. flavored cocaine. How will you know about this? Yeah, they cut Strawberry. it. Kool-Aid. Uh, some guy. They uh, evidently it's uh it's uh, I don't know if it's a fad or what, but. I heard a couple of comics talking about it a couple of weeks ago. Literally, there's like strawberry and cherry, cherry flavored blow on McDougal Street <laughs> in New York. Yeah. I think I'm we got out in time. I'm, sober. I'm so glad I'm sober. I'm we got out in time. Buddy, no white, out. never had a white claw in me either. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Just crushing life. Flawless. Dude, I get white claw when I need to pump the brakes a little bit. I'm like, I'm drinking <laughs> way too much. I got to get some white claw. Dude, I mean, Dunkelman, I, I don't know how old you are, man, but, you know, are you getting hangovers? 
Oh yeah. Oh, you know what I too. found out? I found out what I can drink. I got this from uh, Doug Stanhope. There's a, a vodka named Pop Off. It's shit. <laughs> it's about dog shit. A bottle. Pop it's off. Awful. <laughs> it's well vodka. You can't drink it straight, but with a no. mixer, I'm telling you, I can drink that all night, and I have nothing in the morning. I feel a little groggy, but that's that's my go-to. Pop off vodka. Pop off oh. is literally about two ninety nine a bottle. It's paint thinner, Brian. You know that, right? <laughs> it, it, it works. Pop off. Pop it's off. illegal. It's illegal in three states. <laughs> no, there's, there's pop off vodka and there's fighting cock gin, and they're both with two nine. It's the cheapest tooth products that you can buy because I used to bartend, and when we brought the fighting cock out. I mean, that would just change <laughs> lives. Oh, I'm listening. Is it, is I'm it listening. like modern day Mad Dog? And so it, 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 it is. It's a gin, and there's a rooster on the front of the bottle. Uh, with with boxing gloves on, and the name of the gin is called Fighting Cock. Look it up. But yeah, the people that came in and ordered that shit, it was like, how much do you think they high fived each other when they came up with that name? They're like, yeah, we'll call it Fighting Cocks, bro. Yeah, and they just started high fiving each other. At whatever farm they came up with that. Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Dude. That and Pop Off, which is probably made in Rochester, New York. I mean. I I'm think Stanhope was trying to do get them as a sponsor, and they they wouldn't they wouldn't sponsor him. So they don't have I'm doing, money. I'm doing commercials for you anyway. I just, yeah. <laughs> just love you that much. <laughs> so no, thank dude, you, at two ninety nine, they got money, bro. They got money, dude. You don't think the people who own the ninety nine cent store aren't balling? They're oh, balling, Sam, dude. Sam, it's Dollar Tree. You can buy the stock online, and in fact, it's it's been on a run since COVID crash. So, of or, course, or Dollar dude. General. Uh, well, I can't believe we haven't even talked about Dollar General or Dollar you Store. Can make, so. You can make pop off in your bathtub probably <laughs> two or three days, man. Shit is. I can make pop off through my piss after I've drank a bottle I'm of Grey so Goose. Happy. Okay. It's garbage. It's rough. Shit. It is garbage. Anything yeah. that can be made in your bathtub. Is no, I'm garbage. not kidding. We used to, as a bartender, we had a lineup of wells, and you can't make this up. You, you you can't make it up. You had pop off vodka. You had fighting cock gin. You had conquistador tequila. I know that. That was some shit. That's another two night conquistador fucking. Then there was like some pirate rum, which you know was probably a buck ninety nine a bottle, but you know. People think they're getting a deal with like five dollar well drinks and happy hour. Basically, you're they're just paying for like turpentine or gasoline. That is what it is. Now pop offs for home. That's just for drinking home alone <laughs> and beating your wife. <laughs> She's gone, dude. If I beat if I beat my wife, she'd have been dead a long time ago, brother. We'll, we'll fucking get into that. Do you remember? I think you parked my fucking car in two thousand two. Maybe three at it was it the standard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. We, I didn't know you that well, but I was like, oh, that's a comic. He's really fucking funny. What's he doing? Yeah. <laughs> Did you throw yeah, him the keys like fucking I, uh, uh, Ray Liotta and Goodfellas and just say like, go get my shine box, bitch? Yeah, I, I probably fucking my... went and did rails like, dude, I'm dude, I'm parking Dunkelman's car. Oh, fucking... I had a fucking God, eight ball. God, God, God. I'm like, I, come here over here, fucking. I, I guarantee I had an eight ball. I guarantee I had an eight ball in my pocket, dude. Why do you think I was there? I should have invited you up. <laughs> well, <laughs> can we get to the salacious stuff? Because word on the street is... You know, and it's TMZ, but they love talking about your drug problem. Um, so is this all bullshit? Well, me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a fucking drug problem. Is this problem. recently? Is this recently? 
I don't know about TMZ, but fuck those assholes. I, maybe they were they, referencing Dunkelman, like Dunkelman. The, let's get into that. Like, yeah, let's do you it. You know, Dunkelman, you you have a fucking great joke about your decision to. Okay, so let's set this up. Uh, for I don't know what when did when did American Idol come out? How long ago? Like like two thousand two. Two thousand two. How old were you in two thousand two, Evan? Uh, uh, three. <laughs> Three years old. <laughs> when you were three years old, Brian Dunkelman was arguably on the biggest show in the world. It was the number one show in the United States when the United States still mattered, right? Uh-huh. And so it was this huge show. And, you know, it was such a, a an insane, like, meteoric rise. It was so, like, you had tapped into something really Especially big. Especially second season. That's when it really fucking took off. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, dude, I got clean maybe two months before I got that gig. I really, so I was clean. doing a ton of ecstasy back then. I don't know if we ever interacted. If you were into that scene, it was no, more I, about, you know, I wasn't a big E guy because I'd heard that's why Michael J. Fox had gotten uh, the shakes was because he had been uh, doing that almost every day. Oh, that's an old wives' tale. I'd be strapped down right now if that was true. How often were you doing it? Oh, dude, there was, I, I think in the year 2000 and 2001, there was a point where we were like, when is the last time we did not do ecstasy? I think we did it every weekend for maybe four months straight. Wow. You're not supposed to do that. So no, I, I, sure. I don't know how my spinal fluid is doing, and I don't think you can check it. But, <laughs> One of the hottest know. women I've ever banged was this stripper named Simone out of Vegas when I worked at uh, Little Dark or Deja Vu. I graduated uh. college. And I went and worked at Deja Vu. That was a gift for myself because my mother made it with a, a fucking knucklehead knuckle dragger and had two knuckle drag kids. And we both decided like working at strip bars was like some <laughs> the mecca of just fucking winning in life. So I went there and there was this girl named Simone and she's to this day, anytime I hear the song, I'm still a girl in this world, you know, that no doubt, no doubt. I think about her and Dude, she once did acid 90 days in a row. Wow. 90 days. That's that's like beyond governmental like lab shit at that point. That's like, you're gone. You don't come back from that. Aren't you literally insane if you do it six times? Yeah, (laughs) it was seven in a row. And I think you're done. She was so hot. I mean, anyways. No, yeah. So talk to us because you and I had the same manager and we'll get into that later. But I remember that was his pitch to me was he's like, I got Brian on, uh, you know, uh, this huge show. He didn't at the time, nobody knew it was going to be what it was. But uh, you you got on that show and American Idol, American Idol. And then tell us what happens after that. Guys, I want to tell you about our friends at Ladder, guys. You can't get enough insurance, right, everybody? Absolutely. I don't have any. You got to get some NAF, man, and Ladder is perfect for you. Ladder is a 100% digital, no doctors, no needle, no paperwork. When you apply for $3 million in coverage or less, you just need a few minutes on your phone or laptop to apply. Ladder's smart algorithm will work in real time, real time, okay? So you'll find out instantly if you're, prefer, if you're approved, okay? If you prefer to talk to a person, there's a team of licensed agents that don't work on commission, so they'll help you not upsell you, okay? No hidden fees, cancel at any time. Great, get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days, okay? And Ladder's policies are 
issued by insurers with long proven histories of paying claims. Okay, they're A and A plus rated by AM Best. Okay, finally, since life insurance costs more as you age, now it's time to cross it off your list, guys. It's that simple, dude. I love it. I'm getting insurance now. I'm going to use this, man. It's real simple. I need I, at my age. I need to set something up for my kids the next day. So when I pass, which hopefully won't be for a while, I'll be able to leave them with something and cover the cost of my funerals and all that stuff. Okay. So go to ladder.com slash cash today, slash cash. That's cash daddy's cash today to see if you're instantly approved. That's L A D D E R life.com slash cash ladder life.com slash cash. Get covered, guys. Tell us. It was fucking chaos, man. It was chaos. Like I said, I had just gotten clean. I got this gig. And I mean, from day one, I just couldn't believe the way they were treating the kids, first of all. But I also couldn't believe the first script I got handed to me. I cried. I went out in my car and I wept like a little girl because it was so fucking cheesy. And I know you guys understand this because you're comics. Nobody fucking believes me how miserable I was. Who cares what you're saying? We do. We have control over what we're saying. And the problem was my two bosses, the executive producers from England, they're the ones that wrote it. So how even Seacrest was like, this is fucking really bad, dude. And, and I, I stepped on their toes. I begged them for writers and it pissed them off. It was so bad that towards the end of the season, I hired three or four comics to write for me. I would get the script, send it to them. They would punch it up and I paid them 50 bucks a piece. But it was a nightmare from day one. And And, uh, I get that, dude. I get that. And I'm sure, bro. I mean, in your I don't know what you had done before that. But we get you know, when you're a young comic or a young, a young entertainer in Hollywood, you get. You just, you get, hey, your manager, your agent, hey, dude, we got show, you got an audition here. And you just go in and you go really in. don't think about what you're actually applying to work on. You just do it because you think, if I do this enough, my manager will get me an SNL audition or something like that. So you just go in basically to get the reps in. Well, it's like, hey, can I audition? Can I audition? And then occasionally, you fucking hit like, yeah. And you hit bro. Well, here's yeah. what happened. As I had stopped going on, on all hosting auditions, I was doing standup and I was, I was acting. I'd done, I had just done friends. Uh, I'd done like third rock from the sun, two guys and a girl a, a Dharma and Greg, a bunch of shows like that. But I got a development deal for my own sitcom. Um, and I always joked, I'll get my deal and the fucking world will end. Well, I got my deal like on September 7th, 2001. Oh, and a couple of days God. later, the world kind of felt like it was oh, ending. So I remember, it was crazy. I, I was pitching like that too. Go on, sorry. Yeah, well, I was pitching to, you know, Paramount is barricaded. I'm like, yeah, that's where Al Qaeda is going to hit the studios next. Yes. So I pitched, <laughs> I pitched, it didn't go, but somebody from Fox remembered me. And then when they, when they had the idol auditions, apparently they had already seen 3000 other people. So somebody specifically asked me to come in. I was like, well, I don't want to piss off Fox. I'll go in. And it was just all improv. That's all it was. And uh, they asked me, can you stick around? The executive producers co- are coming over. And I swear, I, I sat there for an hour, a bunch of other guys, and they ran out of parking validation stickers. And I was pissed. 
when you're broke act your comment it, it makes it it's important you know yeah. they said they were covering the fucking parking i'm not kidding i i got up and i walked towards the door i said fuck this i'm leaving and i thought right the last second i thought what are you fucking doing don't be stupid i turned around i i can't i will always think what reality would have that branched me off into because i know the one fucking went that when i stayed so I ended up uh, testing, you know, here's a fun fact. The guy that I tested with, there was six other guys. Um, and then they put me together with one guy and then they put me in with him again. And Sam, I'm telling you, like, this was just a magical thing that happened. I, there was probably 15 people in the room, like kind of theater seating. And I got my first laugh, dude. And I had them. It was one of those things. You ever been on stage? You just can't do anything wrong. It was um, yeah. one of those lightning in a bottle. Oh, Everything God mode. I said, worked. God mode. So I put him in a fucking headlock and just was just was not letting go. So they put me with this other guy and the executive producers, they pulled us around the corner. They looked at him and they said, you drive the train. They looked at me and then they're like, you just back off a little bit because I was hammering him. That guy is uh, was Mike Richards, the dude who just lost the Jeopardy job. Oh, so that my fucking God. guy, that fucking guy. We went in, we auditioned. We had five points of information to get across. And at the end, it went well, but he's like, and I have no idea what the fifth thing is. Got a little laugh. The next, that day, that night, I thought I either got this or I don't. Like, I can't possibly do any better than this. And, you know, you do a test deal. You know how much money you're about to fuck up. You know, you know what you, you know what's on the line. I immediately went to a buddy's. I started drinking Jack and Coke. I think I was three <laughs> in. I got nice. a call from the fucking casting director. Can't get a hold of your manager or an agent. We need you to come back at 7 a.m. tomorrow. And I thought, no oh, no fucking way. I am not returning this call. There's no fucking way I can do this again. It turns out they were uncomfortable giving this to two guys without, you know, a lot of broadcasting experience. So that's when I met Seacrest the next day. And then we auditioned together. And I'm not kidding. Look, here's the thing. If I say anything about Ryan Seacrest, it's negative. I understand it only makes me look negative. That being said, I don't fucking give a shit anymore yeah fuck that guy he's gonna be fine all right yeah. so right before we go in i'm sitting there for an hour and people are running back and forth with papers running back and forth and what i didn't realize his father and his agent were on the line and they were negotiating his deal and basically they were kind of going through like ryan stands on the left ryan speaks first They're just one-upping everything that was like in my deal because they already ryan decided on me. i mean we know at now. this point Basically, he's a douchebag is that no, but, but 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 like the way this guy hits the way it's so big makes me think this isn't just joe blow off the block that just was doing sets at the haha and nothing gets ha because i love the haha sure. but like wasn't he was like never in the valley and then suddenly is is like now He's like locked in and Fox is like, is his bitch. I mean, like he was never a stand-up. He was a radio he guy, a radi correct? Yeah, radio but was he guy. a huge radio guy? Like, is there Yeah, a he was like there? on whatever Jack FM was. Yeah, or he had a pretty successful show in LA. He started in Atlanta, Georgia, I think. That's where I, I believe that's where he's from. And yeah, that guy tapped in yeah. evil dog. Dude, I mean, he he had hosted a couple TV things. I think he had hosted the American Gladiators Jr., which I can't believe that never went. Let's let's make kids do fucking hand to hand combat. By the way, so, that was called my gym class. In the, in, in the I mean, yeah. dude, Mr. King used to make us do Fight Club. 
Oh, it was no He'd joke. He'd be like, okay, you, Sam, PJ <laughs> Frigo, you guys go at it. And I was like, so what are we doing? This shouldn't, how is this legal? Sam, real quick, my first year out of Cortland, uh, I got a job teaching in Dryden, New York, fifth grade with three, other, with three other football players. And uh, we had the worst classes in the world. These teachers all quit and we're 21, 22 years old. They just left them with these classes. All these kids did was fight. So one day between lunch, one of the football players, Woody, I'll never forget it. He's the principal back there. He took two kids that got in a fight and he called me out of the room and called one of the defensive backs out of the room. And he said, you come with us. And we, we got, we closed them off in the locker room area. And he said, here's the deal. You two kids are going to fight. And we're going to bet on it. And I shit you not. We all pulled 20s out. And like, I got that kid on the left. I've seen him, man. He's pretty tough, man. And these two kids, they wouldn't hit. They started shitting their pants. They were like, what? And Woody says, hit him. One of you got better. You, you got to fight. You're going to fight for a minute. They wouldn't hit each other. So we walked over, grabbed the kid's right hand and threw the hardest right hook. Almost knocked the other kid out with his hand. <laughs> and then that loosened them up and they started swinging. And these two kids were bouncing each other's faces off the lockers for like a good minute and a half. And my guy won, man. My guy ended up. Like, and how long did you have that job for? Yeah, I'll tell you, we, we, we started this fight club and we did it just about every other day. And the principal over there was so shot. He didn't give a shit. He didn't uh, care, man. No, I had that job. And for this portion months. of child endangerment of cash daddies <laughs> brought to you by and back to the interview. Statute of limitations. Hey, I could listen to how he tells stories of child abuse for the rest of my life. Uh, it wasn't so, child abuse because they were basically just beating each other up. So okay, that's good. That's good. <laughs> As your lawyer, I would play that angle in court. And back to Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. Okay, so. <laughs> We, we literally the next day, dude, and the next day we were shooting in L.A. And then one day later, there's like a stretch limo in my little apartment, like apartment parking lot. All the neighbors are coming out and I'm on a first class flight like that. That was it. I was just gone, dude. I was driving a car that had no reverse. Like I was not doing well, man, which, you know, I had to drive around till I found a spot with no car in front of me. <laughs> That's the only way I could get around. Time out. You're driving an automatic transmission. Was it automatic with no reverse? Yes. I thought you were talking about like an analogy for your career. Like no, it was just, the trans you literally no. had a car. Yeah, and I've been in reverse. reverse. I've and been in reverse not only that, fucking ever since. Wow. There's wow. only like one spot on the entire block you could park. And that's, that's right in the red zone. That's it. And I couldn't go over 45 miles an hour. So on the freeway, I'm just getting flipped off constantly. So that's where I was. I didn't have a credit card. When we went on the road, I had just done a debt consolidation. I was fucking broke. They had to spot me a bunch of cash so that I could lay down $500 bills every time we, we checked into a hotel. Wow. That, this is the situation that I was in. So we get to Chicago, right? We had already done uh, one day in LA and then Seattle. And one of the executive producers sat me and Ryan down. It's just to give you an indication of what he was like. So they, he says to Ryan, he's like, Ryan, I need you to appear a little bit more sympathetic when these kids are coming out of the room crying. And he's like, yeah, okay, I got it. So cut to, we start working. This girl comes out, she's bawling. She runs right up to me, right into my arms. I just give her a hug. Seacrest comes over, rips her out of my arms, puts his arm around her, shoves her right in front of the camera. Oh, honey, what happened in there? And I look at, I see the executive producer. I'm like, what the fuck? And he's just like, 
You guys are fighting over childhood affection. That's beautiful. Exactly. Well, she had big tits. That's why I wanted the hug. <laughs> oh, my Look, God. Whether they got to Hollywood or didn't, I was getting a hug. There's, yeah. so much footage. <laughs> There's so much footage of me with my arm around girls. And like, if people dig that up, I'll say, go fuck yourself. I never got sued. They yeah. didn't have a problem with it. Back then, they appre- a woman appreciated that. That's Good exactly. Yeah. It, it made them feel like they were worth. It made them understand. Their <laughs> now, you got, now you got some chick who's like calling out Norm MacDonald as he's dead, like right. for stuff, zero specifics. Just yeah. like, and, and like you go through all of her comments, it's just blue check mark women going, oh, I got yourself right. So brave. So just, brave. Uh, <laughs> bye. It's Stop never that. too late. It's never too late to confront your pain. Well, I, I just tweeted. I'll wait to hear Norm McDonald's side of this. Okay. You know, before I make, but yeah, yeah. dude, it was a dude. When I used to hit on chicks back in the day, man, you'd walk up, you just start ringing doorbells, dude. You're like, Hey, how's it going? You start, ding, ding, ding. you start ringing doorbells. Guys, you know how we're always crushing it around with our picks around here. Crushing. We're That's not right. the only ones that can do it. I want to tell you guys about our crowd. Okay. Our crowd. Yeah. They they literally point people in the right direction for some of the best performing IPOs of 2019 and 2020. Our crowd investors. Okay. Now you can join them and find out what's next. With our crowd, accredited investors have access to invest directly, easily, and most importantly, like we do around here, early. Our crowd investors have benefited from uh, companies IPOing like Beyond Meat. Um, and those companies being bought by bigger companies like Intel, Nike, Microsoft, Oracle. Here's what makes them different, though. Our crowd's investment professionals leverage their extensive network to review some of the most promising private companies and startups in the world. They're all about due diligence. Okay, they take the time, they select a deal, they've offered accredited investors the opportunity to invest alongside them with the same. Yeah. Firm. If you're an accredited investor, you can join our crowd for free at O-U-R-C-R-O-W-D.com slash cash and review their current deals. No payment is involved until you decide to participate in a deal. As you review deals, you have access to our crowd's investors relations team. They'll talk to you directly on the phone, talk to you about your personal, you know, your, your goals as an investor. Uh, The investment professionals at our crowd have already reviewed thousands of companies, invested hundreds of millions of dollars in many of them, closed investments in over 200 companies, chosen dozens of companies that have made exits. Evan was talking about this earlier. Get an exit. Get an exit, man. Participate in single company deals for as little as $10,000. Bam. Or one of our our crowd funds for as little as $1,000. Okay, now here's the cool part. Now you can invest in consumer physics. They've developed the first portable lab-grade device that can analyze material at a molecular level, helping farmers boost production, improve efficiency, and minimize waste. Consumer physics has grown revenue 100% year over year and is used by over 50 global enterprise customers. Invest today at our crowd. Our crowd, accredited investors, have already invested over $1 billion in growing tech companies. So join the fastest growing venture capital investment community at ourcrowd.com slash cash. That simple, that fun. You want a ball? You want a ball? Yes, I do. Ourcrowd.com slash cash. Get in to win it. 
Now yeah. Evan's got to like hit on chicks with. Hold on, were you just clicking by like, ringing doorbells? Do you mean clicking the mouse? No, <laughs> yeah, you... <laughs> I was clicking mouse, ringing doorbells, and they and they liked it. Yeah, snatch grabbing was a normal thing back in the day. It's weird. And they oh. appreciated it. This is the great part of my situation, though, because I'm everybody's worried about getting canceled. I'm not because I already got canceled. You canceled before, yourself way before it was a thing. You can't cancel me twice. It's double jeopardy, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I got a loophole. Sure. I can say whatever the f- what are you going to take? What are you going to take from me? And it canceled what, my Xbox what? Live Gold membership. What was <laughs> give, give us your best experience and worst experience working on that show? Uh, best experience was probably on the uh, on the tour uh, in Miami. Paul Abdul and I had a fucking dance off like the crowd separated into a big semicircle and we fucking just went at it. And it was it was consensus that I won. Look, that's just the way I remember it. But that was a lot of fun, man, doing that tour. I'm staying in these hotel rooms that are bigger than my apartment building. That that was a lot of fun. And then when the show really started, it just became a fucking nightmare. Um, What was the lowest? Probably, like I said, I had gotten clean. And then uh, three quarters of the way through the season, I just went. My girlfriend was managing a restaurant, a bar, and uh, I would just go and drink until my fucking head was on the table. And the most embarrassing thing of this whole situation for me is I was drinking apple martinis. Like oh, what a fucking on. douchebag. Evan, Evan, note oh, that we'll God. delete that. We'll, we'll cut that. <laughs> oh, so so is that your jam? Is that your jam, Evan? No, no I'm, I'm talking about protecting you and your street cred. <laughs> uh, I'll just we'll look. I've moved on to pop off, straight pop off. Now <laughs> we have a mutual Apple friend, Brian Bollinger. Yes. Um. So Brian was almost giving me like real time updates. He was there the whole time, dude. As, people thought he was my this drug was going dealer. on, and I was yeah. like trying to be like, dude. Dude, tell this guy not to do this, dude. No, I was tell I this was, guy not to do this. Tell not to do this, man. I was out I of remember control, that. man. I I was there was you you could not talk any sense into me. But look, man, and, and and I think it's Bill Murray who said this. When you become famous, you automatically become an asshole, and then you have a year to get over it, or it's permanent. I think that said him that said that, but I did. People treat you. Evan, are you dude. listening? You have eleven more months. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the clock is ticking brother there was three months okay so i my I had a couple girls that used to and hang you were out married at this time no no we were i had just started dating this girl okay so we had we had just really started dating i think let me think i'm out we were dating six months so her life got turned upside down too but um, I would go to that bar and then one of her little friends is like, we should get some Coke. And I thought, well, I've had three martinis. I think that's a great fucking idea. Yeah, and I have to be up in five hours. So yeah, make it gave, an eight ball. Gave her oh the money. God, gave dude. her the money. Blew the lines. I think I fell asleep at 7 a.m. I went into work. Out of it. Blocking. Rehearsal. Tried to take a nap. Fucking live show. Pulled it off. Oh. That night. I went back to that bar. And like any sane human being, I did the same fucking thing, dude. I did it two nights in a row before live television up till seven, seven thirty in the morning. Oh and this God, time, dude, this time it didn't go as well because I, I mean, I was shot. But I'm telling you, Seacrest fucking smelled it. He smelled it because that's the show. And I had confused these in my memory, but he did not read what he was supposed to read on the teleprompter four times in a live show which is just making it look like I'm fucking up. This is a direct setup for my joke or what I'm supposed to say. And then just turn into me. And like, if you go back and watch, it's like, say something, dunk. I'm like, 
what do you want me to say, Ryan? How about we'll be right back? We'll be right back. I said, you're going to say one fucking thing that's on the teleprompter. When that show ended, Baldinger and my agent had to hold me back. They actually picked me up and threw me in an elevator to get me on a different floor as him. I, I get was that, fucking dude. Because that take is sabotage. That that's a sabotage. And that kind of shit movie. happened the whole fucking season. So that's just the way it went down, man. I wish if it would have been Mike Richards, I'd probably still be hosting that fucking show. Who, by the way, is now a sexual predator, they're calling him, because he's, he, he got pissed off because his bikini models got pregnant. I mean, there's got to be some kind of differential between Harvey Weinstein and a guy. Well, no, no, no. That's the whole thing. Even the thing with, uh, you know, uh, you know, I mean, like the girl who said the stuff about Norm, like there's no specifics in it all. What is that? Like, hey, you're hot. Is I mean, that could be construed as sexual harass. I mean, it's it's just chaos. It's yeah. just chaos right now to the point like, do you even want any of that? You are literally, it's it's just your head's on a block every time you do something in Hollywood. That reminds me, you remember Pat O'Brien when he got yeah. in trouble? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. that was 2002. And here's, here's a cool thing. I got flown to Jamaica for a, a celebrity golf tournament. And they flew my girlfriend at the time. Dude, this, this resort is just unbelievable. I actually, uh, Chris Kirkpatrick was there. For, uh, Scott Wolf, I ended up playing with him. Um, but... Uh, Pat O'Brien walks up and he's like, Brian, it's so great. Thank you so much for being here. That fucking piece of shit, Ryan Seacrest. Fuck that cocksucker trying to steal my goddamn jobs every day. I'm like, Pat, we're going to get along just fucking fine. <laughs> so, so you're I loaded got- <laughs> by the fourth hole. <laughs> oh, my God. It was amazing. So uh, the BWR was the 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 uh, the reps, the uh, publicists for the for the whole event. There were about seven of them, all really pretty girls. I was hanging out with him one morning and one of them is like, um, Pat O'Brien got really drunk last night and asked me to come back to his hotel suite. And all other six went, me too. So that's just who that guy was. But remember, he but left dude, the message. Let's this, get some dude. coke. Like you're hot. And then he ruined his career's over. Well, no, 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 no. His career's over because he left a voicemail message that he wanted to fuck some chick in front of her kids. And that's... Yeah, that's, I didn't remember in front of her kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, wow. oh, fuck well, how old were the kids? kids? Yeah, and I'm not judging, dude, because I've, I've said some weird shit to chicks. I'm at that age where I don't even, like, want to hook up. I just want to have chicks where I can text weird shit to. Hey. Can I come in your pussy? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, ah, and I run off because that's just who I am right now. I want nothing to do with anything. Yeah, I just want to go to bed. As, like a, as like a defense attorney, I could equal, equally argue just him saying, you know, she's like, he's like, I want to come over and fuck. And he's like, oh, my kids are sleeping. He's like, that's fine. I'm cool with that. You know, and then it gets all twisted around and all of a sudden you're a child. I'm not saying what happened to him was right. I'm just saying that's the voicemail message that. Right. That guy. Oh, there was a trouble. bunch of them. Well, you know, you gave her, you gave him the fucking number. Yeah, yeah. What's well, wrong dude, with you? Listen, bro. Pat O'Brien like, wasn't hurting it's anybody. It's completely out of whack. And like when you go back to that tweet again, you just look at women will never secede the power of being able to just destroy a man's career with only allegations, zero evidence. Well, never, uh, it's too well, much it, power in this yeah. situation. You got to write an apology letter, put it in your jacket that you're going to be buried in just in case, apparently, is what this <laughs> is turning into. You know, I mean, Will Chamberlain just got like accused and it, like he's been yeah. dead for 20 years. Yeah. 
Yeah, he was with And he is the GOAT. There's no question. Let's get into this real quick. Let's wrap this whole thing up and we'll get into some financial stuff. You don't have time for the whole story, brother. Where do you want to cut to? Because I want to tell you something, brother. I just want want to find out what was the decision? When did you decide? And was there a moment where you go, oh, fuck, I fucked up? Or are you okay with what you did, man? Because I have a very, I have a much smaller example you remember street people that street show people. street people i think so yeah it, it was a show where like you would uh it was just a, a man on the street and they were right. gonna have a guy in studio i got offered the job to interview people uh-huh and i turned it down and i sometimes wonder if i would what my career would have been if i had taken that job to be honest with you, i'd probably have been me too by now but uh, the point is that, you know, it might have been a different journey. The whole Me Too thing would have started 15 years earlier. Yeah, I would have started that. Here's the thing, brother. This is where I am at in life. And it's taken me a long time to get here. I'm, I'm kind of all in on quantum mechanics. I don't pretend to fucking understand it. But the concept that every, every decision branches off into a completely different reality somewhere out in the multiverse i do believe that i believe we are we are living multiple realities maybe the same lives maybe multiple i don't know but if every possible outcome exists somewhere out there that's it, it helps me get out of bed dude because that means that somewhere out there in a reality i'm worth 450 million dollars and you're talking to ryan seacrest right now about how to invest his five thousand dollars that he has to his fucking name and that's the way i've that's just the way i fucking see life and I'm a lot happier, dude. Oh, so what's there to regret? Happy. What's there yeah. to regret? I yeah. don't know if I would have killed myself. I might have killed myself. I might have OD'd. I do not know. But I knew I wanted an acting career. And you know what? Comics were coming up to me at the improv and really giving me shit and saying, what are you doing? This show is so fucking cheesy. It's like, you can think that. Don't say it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was losing my fucking mind. I was literally at the edge of my sanity. I knew I didn't want to do it anymore. And then I went to Hawaii. I'd never been to Hawaii as soon as the show ended. And I'm sitting on this beach and I'm like, you know who? Anthony Clark. Remember yeah. Anthony Clark? You're too talented to be on the show. I want you to do one more season and then get the fuck out of there. Cause we had the same manager. That's why I went with that manager because I, I always loved Anthony. He's somebody. And I, I was with that same manager as well, yeah. which we do have to get into. So, um, yeah, people were in my fucking head. And it's like I said, you care. My my trademark bit, Sam, was Adolf Hitler as a comedian. I love that bit. That's what I was known for. And then I just, you know, I'm seeing people are calling me a cheesy douchebag. I'm getting written about Time Mag or, you know, his uh, TV guy, the two tousle haired dunderheads. I'm like, they wanted me to be a Seacrest clone. And that's not the, that's not who I am. So <laughs> bottom line, when I got back from Hawaii, um, listen to this, dude, my best friend, college football coaching debut, just a D three school in Connecticut. I flew back. All my friends from high school were there. We're in my hotel room. We're getting drunk pregame. The TV's on in the background. It's on E and all of a sudden Ryan Seacrest has just resigned for reportedly upwards of $1 million for season two of American Idol. Then they put my picture up still no word on co-host Brian Dunkelman. And it's just silent. And then a couple of seconds, we just all start laughing. Like, what the fuck is going on? What am I doing on television? None of this is real. And we just kept getting hammered. But that's what happened. They re-signed Seacrest. They re-signed Simon. And then they let me twist. They let Paul and Randy twist. 
my fucking manager said, I don't think they're having you back. Because I was difficult. I, I will admit it. I was fucking difficult. I wanted to be paid as a writer. If you're not going to hire writers and I'm rewriting everything, it, I just became a dick. And um, I basically released a statement. Then like a couple days later, I'm like, they let me twist two, three weeks. I'm like, this is the universe telling me what to do. And plus, I got to beat him to the fucking punch. My manager's telling me they ain't going to have me back. And so I released the statement. My agent said he saw the head of publicity for Fox the next day. She told him everybody at Fox was shocked and really, really surprised and figured if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So that's what I carried around for up until three, I think was probably five years ago, they asked me back for the finale. And that's where I found out. I saw one of my old bosses. He's like, dude, it just came down to an issue of do we keep both or go with one? And we went with one and it wasn't you. I was like, I didn't get fired though. He's like, I know you didn't. You beat it. You released your statement before we could tell you. And right there, million pounds off my shoulders because I didn't fuck up. Like I was calling myself the Pete best of American Idol. Like I made the biggest mistake in the history of show business. It didn't fucking matter. It didn't matter. Original, what I did. original drummer for the Beatles, Evan. That's right. He's the Brian Dunkelman. Thank you, thank you for that. He's the Brian Dunkelman of the Beatles, by the way. Well, Dunkelman, at the end of the day, I'm just going to say this to you is like, Nobody talks about Johnny Carson anymore. There will be a time that nobody talks about Joe Rogan and the Joe Rogan experience. That day is coming, man. So at the end of the day, man, whatever Ryan Seacrest is or isn't or what he's ever done and whatever, how many zeros are on his, his fucking bank account. At the end of the day, dude, it, in the universe, it doesn't fucking matter. The no. truth is, did you connect with anybody? Did you, did you practice abundance and spread love and be a good person? That's really, honestly, it's not who dies with the most toys. It's who dies with the most fucking love. And it sounds super cheesy, but it's the most truth ever. And like, I wouldn't want to be Ryan Seacrest for all the money in China. And I ain't even kidding, dude. Imagine being that age and be like, oh, right. Who's up next? We have the hottest pop thing in the world and acting like you give a fuck about these demons, dude. Yeah. I got to tell you, can I just tell you one thing, man? You you reached out to me publicly on a really shitty day for me. And it was real simple. You just tweeted, I love and respect Brian Dunkelman. I'll never forget it. I'm fucking, I've been all in with you since that day. I'm fucking ride or die. I listen to your podcast. You've been in my ears and you've said a lot of things that I hold on to. You said a couple things, man. Uh, law of abundance. I'm practicing it now. This Dude, fucking it's pandemic, the best thing you'd ever do. This pandemic was a godsend. Yep. Life was not good. And now between unemployment, EIDL, and fucking PPPs, the best year I've had in 10 years, dude. I went through Listen a divorce me, from a horrific alcoholic that la I was in a state of fight or flight for six years straight trying to keep my kid alive. And that's why I ended up driving an Uber. And those motherfuckers at TMZ outed me. That was gross. You, you reached out. You reached out that day, Sam, and I'll never forget it. And I really appreciate it. I fucking love you for that. Same with you. Now, if I never, I only met you once, but you were just nice to me. Remember, well, it was well, that Hollywood and Highland show. Listen, yeah. man. Here's came my, up, I you introduced say. yourself, and it's just like you didn't bring you up bought. Idol. You didn't bring up Seacrest. So I feel the same way about you. And I, I, did, I just really appreciate you guys. You're a, you're a solid human being, and I've always Thanks, had nothing but respect. And, um, you know, you're you're gonna be fine. You've already you're already fine. You survived this, man. And I have nothing but respect for you for that. Um, and dude, listen. There's the truth is, man. I you know what I respect a dude who goes to work, uh, earns a, a real job. 
That's yeah. what I do. And I think a lot of people saw that thing, the TMZ. And, and it was the same thing with the guy who used to be on Cosby that was working at Whole Foods. It's like, yeah, yeah. there's nothing wrong with fucking going to work. Especially, especially as a when man. you can't leave town. I was making my living. I All right, let's talk about the, 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 the manager just real quick. Things were so bad with my wife. Look, she lost it. She went off the deep end after our kid was born. Three failed rehabs. It was a fucking nightmare. I was just trying to keep my kid alive. And I mean, we're talking 10 months old when this started. Oh, man. I actually got back together with him, Neff, after all those yeah. years. And it felt good to bury the hatchet. He sued quick, me. I sued in a him. Quick, in a quick aside, just so everybody knows what we're talking about, we all, uh, a lot of us comics shared the same manager. There were four of us. And we all started talking to each other because we were like, Hey man, I just got a W2 or a 1099 from the government for like 10 grand for a commercial I did and I didn't get the check. And what this cock, this is a, this is Hollywood. This is the, the part, you know, everybody thinks they understand, but they don't. Everybody is trying to take a piece of you, whether you're at the yeah. top, the middle or the bottom. And we're all struggling to pay our bills. And we're finding out that our manager has been stealing from us small checks, 10 grand. That's a fucking five, six months of rent for us at the time. Yeah. And we all found out this piece of shit was stealing from all of us at the exact same fucking time. Yeah, and he, he lost my commission. That's why. Well, here's <laughs> the thing. money and, ran out. And he told me, he goes, oh, uh, it must be an accident. And I'm like, $10,000 is not an accident. For I agree. Like fucking no. you. All right. I see no. the fucking 85 BMW that you drive to this fucking shithole on Sunset Boulevard. All right. <laughs> it wasn't an, a clerical error. So it, just as a side note, I, I had my lawyer at the time. I called him. And I said, you got to get me out of this situation. And he goes, you want to hear something interesting? And I said, absolutely. And he goes, I defended your manager for these exact same charges before. That's hilarious. You got to be kidding me. So, yeah, we got to, you know, he moved out of town, right? He lives like near Arrowhead. So I, I took my kid several times. I had to just split and go out the back door. I took him up there for a weekend and then it was so bad. He was staying with his grandparents in Pasadena and I was staying half the week at his place. He let me stay at his place for a few weeks and things just got so bad. Look, I, I kidnapped my own kid, I, I, but I don't like the word kidnap. I prefer abducted. It's just, you know, the hard C at the let's, end. Let's, let's take it a little softer and call it absconded. You know, it turns out you can, you, you, it's not kidnapping if it's your own fucking kid. Uh, yeah. I didn't know that, but I went back to New York to home and I got emergency custody, kept him there five months. She got her shit together. I came back with him and I'm not kidding. Less than a week. She relapsed. It was just, she just had a bad dude. So I could not do stand up. I could not do stand up anymore. And when I got that fucker, I texted him from the plane. He knew everything that was happening. I said, I'm doing it. I'm taking him. I'm on the plane. Let me know if somebody wants to hire me. He never fucking responded, Chris. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to respond on both of our halves and it's called a fucking pound of sugar in his gas tank because <laughs> I have been waiting for the appropriate day to take this motherfucker down. And uh -huh. I'm, I've got him circled in like 2024 of July that I'm going to get this job done. So yeah. don't worry, I'll handle it. But so he dropped me. Okay, my agents, kill my Bill. agents, my agents <laughs> dropped me. And then it's like, what are you going to do? I was making my living doing the road. Can't do the road anymore. 
Left can't leave town. Yeah. So start driving a fucking Uber. So that's how that There's happened. There's nothing wrong with that, man. Uh, you're working, I just man. like, I didn't e- hate it. Ego is a killer, dude. Um, right. Ego is a killer. I wanna, yeah. right, There's man. nothing wrong with paying your bills. I want to expand on one other point that you brought out, Sam, because I respect everything that you, you, you said about it. And I call it swinging a hammer. I will always have respect for the guy that goes out and does the work and pays the bills as opposed to the one that says, Hey, I got a comedy contest coming up. It's $40 to enter. And that's how these fucking scumbags pay their rent or bringer shows or whatever. And I, and there's a new generation of comics I've met through tinfoil hat and your guys. And I'm trying to explain to them why bringer shows are just fundamentally not a good thing. And they're, it's like, it's exposure. And I'm like, you're missing the bigger point. These are people that are working without doing the work and they're using you and you need to understand. I don't that. mind bringer shows nap as long as the guy is. And listen, I'm going to tell you something. As long as the guy isn't like, hey, you're supposed to bring eight, you brought four, you owe me $80. Yeah. So that's my problem. And those people don't go anywhere, dude. That's the universe, bro. It's that's, that's that's uh, abundance versus uh, scarcity. That is scarcity. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're 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 taking. You're not giving, and they don't go anywhere. I don't hate anybody who tries to get a, a um, uh, you know, some stage time. I mean, I was blessed. I had a joke called handicapped stripper that got oh, me. I remember that bit, brother. I got me that above bit. it. I used to be the guy they put at the end of the bringer show because I could drop hammer, and so I never had to worry about that. So I don't get really mad at that, but. I get mad at like when they're like, hey, dude, you're, you're supposed to bring eight and you only brought three. You owe me a hundred dollars. Now, now you're fucking comics over and I have a real fucking and dude, at the end of the day, it all comes out in the wash, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's before we get to stock talk and our what, crypto stock talk, talk. Stock I don't and by the way, talk. by the way. By the way, readers, I realize that we've segued a little bit, but you know, at the jump, we wanted a comedy financial podcast, and it's a tough line for us to balance. But I like going long on these adventures with people that we've known forever in the industry. So um, I hope you well, like. Well, like here's the whole thing: it's like no matter how high of the mountaintop you got to, you can have some fucking valleys. But the question is, what happens when those valleys come? Do you just crawl in the corner and fucking cry? Woe is me. Well, the truth of the matter is, is nobody's coming to save you, man. You That's gotta the other save thing. your fucking self. That's the other thing that I always think about. And I heard you say that. And for years I sat home. If I just have the right agent, if I can just get the right manager, nobody's coming to fucking save you. Yeah. That's it. Save yourself. That's well, it. let's talk about you spinning this into a positive because we, you know, we saw uh, the, uh, the, tra- the trailer for your documentary. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Here's how this went down last summer during lockdown. I got a call from my manager. He's like, there's a producer. He just called not me. The same scumbag no, that that guy that you went back to. He, this guy does not own a bolo tie. <laughs> so, uh, he says he wants to talk to you about doing a movie about your life story with you playing yourself. So we had a conference call the next day. I talked to this guy for four hours. Bottom line, I told him everything that's ever happened to me in graphic detail. And he said, well, I want to save, run a save the apple martinis, right? Well, that's in it, too. I fucking I got to bear. I got to bear my soul. Brother. Hey, man, on not, it, when it gets and, dark, it gets real dark. Part of the fucking journey. It's just part of the journey. So he decided, I want to, I want to rent a theater. I'm going to get you on camera telling these stories. We'll make a sizzle reel for investors. We'll put some clips from Idol and we'll, we'll make it all shiny. 
Well, I just told him we had two cameras. I said, just turn them on. And I ended up talking for four hours straight in the camera. And I just told my life story like a one man show with no audience. And I knew, I knew it was good. But the next day he's like, I looked at this footage. He's like, your performance is so good. He's like, I think we got a separate project here. So we started cutting it together. We got it down to an hour 45 and we don't know what to call it. We're calling it a documentary because I don't know what the fuck is it? It's me talking straight into camera and we've got interest um, from some networks and streaming services. And uh, we're doing the final edit right now and we'll know where it ends up, but it's, it's everything that more than you've ever wanted to know about me. It's I, I sliced it open and ripped it out, Sam. It's the best That's thing I've ever do done. It, dude. And let's see if this turns things around. Do we have a currency do, of do we the have, future? Do we have anything we could share right now, Evan? Uh, yeah, we. I mean, I have the trailer up here. Um, yeah, do you mind? yeah, let's see it. Oh, oh, that's like three minutes. Just show a little bit. We got three minutes. All right, <laughs> if you're, just uh, three minutes of you drinking apple teenies. <laughs> that would that would have been a better show. Just me with a bottle of pop off, <laughs> pop off and pucker, puckers. Yeah, apple puckers. Pucker. That's, that's what you use, apple pucker. But you used to tell them light on the pucker, yeah, light on the pucker makes the cocaine taste better. Here we go. All right, Dunk. if you're uh, if you're listening, just go to YouTube and watch this. It's called Dunkleman. Dunkleman. My name. Dunkleman. Say it. Kind of fun, huh? Not ringing a bell? Google my name. God, I wish I never had. Make sure you spell it right. After about mm, 140,000 hits or so, you will begin to understand my notoriety that yes, in 2002, I hosted the number one show in the history of modern television. And after 25 episodes, I quit. Or did I? Sometimes I can't remember. A lot of you said it was the dumbest fucking move of all time. So, how did I end up landing the most sought-after job in the entire business at the time, and then let it all slip away? The answer may surprise you. We'll find out right after the break. That's awesome, man. Chris and I, we're not getting along. We were buttonheads all the time. I yelled again, I'm like, Ryan! And he turned around and said, what? Seacrest, Seacrest, fuck Ryan Seacrest. I could have snapped his neck if I wanted to. I've seen movies. I think I could do it. How do you tell your bosses that what they wrote is fucking terrible? And then Simon said, this is ridiculous. This is a talent competition, and we've already let two other monkeys through. And Randy fucking snapped. What? what the fuck? You can't call people monkeys, Jack? And I'm like, holy fuck, Randy's going to knock him out. Five o'clock. Live show. Been up doing coke all night. Been the drug use it was ridiculous. It turned into ecstasy and then GHB and then Special K and then Damn. Ah, God damn it. Where are we going? It's just another thing that made me look like a difficult asshole. And they decided to keep one. And it wasn't me. As one manager who turned me down said, you've got the stink on you. Then the second season of American Idol premiered. I couldn't function. I, I, I was on a flight, you know, a little turbulence, and I thought, just fucking go down because I just don't want to be alive anymore. So we got married in Palm Springs. We put the ultrasound in and there, there's no heartbeat. All the stress of the last few years, I just looked up at the skies like, is that all you fucking got? If you're gonna fuck me, then fuck me. 
The first time she was hospitalized, the doctors told her, if you don't stop, you're gonna be dead within five years. I don't wanna say she drove drunk with our child. Imagine the weight of that decision, kidnapping your fucking son. After wow. a couple years of drinking and doing coke, ran out of money. Former American Idol host, now an Uber driver. I Doesn't fucking matter if hate I drive that. An Uber. Doesn't matter if I'm on a fucking television show. Just trying to be the best dad I can. That's great, dude. Wow. I don't know about you guys, but after watching that, I would do a line of coconut. coconut. <laughs> Bro, that's fucking heavy, Brian. Yeah, if you're looking okay. for something for light, watch this instead when it comes out. <laughs> well, I thought, tough. dude, that was great. And Thanks, I, brother. I think you're great. And I really and, uh, appreciate I'm looking it. forward to seeing what's coming out. So let's uh, let's say looking forward to it, dude. Thank uh, you. Brian, you were really supportive of us when we started uh, on on this Cash Daddy's journey. Yeah, so it was why perfect timing. Yeah, can well, I just tell you the reason that it was such perfect timing? I got the Robinhood app in the beginning. I think 2019. You get a free stock. All right, I've never bought a stock in my life. I never did anything smart with my money, and I bought. I don't know what it was. It was 25 bucks total. I had, and I'm like, I should. Just, I'm gonna get into crypto. Uh, it's too late for Bitcoin. What's this Doge shit? <laughs> I throw the 25 into Doge. Forgot about it. And I'm not, I, New Year's Eve of this year, I just was like, oh, I forgot I even had this. I looked at it, it was like $400. What the fuck is happening with this? So I threw a couple hundred dollars in, and that's when it went nuts. And I did the smart thing. I took profit, I kept a little, but then I bought some uh, Polygon, I bought some uh, Matic, I bought some Ripple, I bought some uh, Bitcoin. But I mean, if I, I sold it at six cents, if I would have held on to it, but you don't know. So this is house money I'm playing with. And I've actually started listening to you guys right when this happened. And uh, Nef, I've, I made some money off of your, a couple of your picks. Can't remember Thank what you. they were. I smoke a lot of weed, but um, this has really helped me. And you guys are fucking hilarious. So I, I, supporting you guys from day one, man. Well, thank I you. I love it, dude. I love it, man. We get... We get a lot of people talking, uh, saying that. And that to me eh. is why I love this show so much. And, you know, like people just taking control of their lives and and doing it for themselves. And that's the biggest thing for me. And it's like, whether you're Uber driving, whether you're investing, like becoming a sole proprietor is to me one of the biggest things you could do for yourself, man, being yeah. your own boss. There's a freedom to that. And, you know, I, I'm sorry, but uh, a dollar you make on your own is better than a million dollars you make from somebody else. And someone can call me crazy nice. for saying True. that, but I believe it's the truth, man. In, financial independence is the greatest gift you can give yourself. I know yeah. guys here in New York that have full-time <laughs> jobs and they'll drive Uber on weekends and make two, three, $400. And they take that money and they fund their IRAs with that money specifically. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I mean, all it takes is a little part-time job like that. And, uh, and that pushes your retirement up 20 years. Yeah. And I was never doing, if I didn't have work, I was doing nothing for a decade and a half, just doing nothing for three months, no income, just waiting for the next gig to come. Yeah. But like, you know what, dude, the whole thing is also, it's like the internet changed the game. Like Evan's walking into this thing with like this, this whole thing established, right? It's like, man, like when we were Evan's age, the internet 
wasn't even close to what it is now. Now, yeah. even when you go, I like I'm 48 right now. When you when you go to when I was 38, it, dude, I mean, was MySpace even around or was barely around? So it's like the the opportunities weren't there, and now the opportunities are there. So you have to take advantage of them. Yeah, that's when all the comics were building their followings on MySpace, and I wanted to disappear. Yeah. yeah. Just go away. I, I had a manager say, leave town. I'm like, you're out of your fucking mind. He was right. I should have left town for a couple of years. Figured it'll blow over. It still is not blown over, dude. So You can, you can run a business so much more efficiently just with a little thing called the cell phone. Yeah. I mean, if you think about 30 years ago and when you had guys that say had their own painting business, their own landscaping business, they had to make sure these appointments were all set up one day or two days before right. because all they had was a landline. Shit. Now you can be a, you can be pressure washing houses and finish a house at four o'clock, get a phone call right in your front seat of the, the car. Someone needs something done quickly, go over and do it for 300 bucks. Bam. There's an extra three bills. So the cell phone uh, just with everything that you could do off of it, I think it's e increased efficiency in so many different small businesses. Oh, it's for sure, dude. So much easier to do it now. For um, sure, dude. And listen, Dunkelman, here's the thing. You know, you're like, oh, yeah, I still got this thing. The industry is dying, bro. I mean, yeah. like, you're going you're gonna to win. And you're going to be at the end of the day still fucking going when this industry is fucking dying. Nobody's watching. Like, Dunkelman, if you got a television show right now on Comedy Central, guess how many people give a fuck? Nothing. It means nothing. Dude. Not only that, but they're not paying anything. Right. Nothing. nothing. Show on Netflix right now. You're not. You're not making money. Yeah. Here's your three thousand dollars. Yeah. Exactly. We'll, we'll put your right. hour up on Amazon. Yeah. Well, that's kind of my. I and mean, we'll I think I might have a chance to make more money if I just when this is done. Maybe if number somebody doesn't buy it, I'll put it out there myself. But Dunkelman, we're not. We can't wait for that, man. What we got to do is like you're super fucking funny, bro, I and you got a that, great brother. voice. And all that shit. It's like we gotta start mining our internet, dude. And we'll get into. I want to talk about that at the end, but I want to get into like what people's. Uh, how was your week, guys? You guys make any money? Did you guys not make any money? I got. I got to work Howie's balls big time. Um, he loves pull, that. Pull him out, Grandpa. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm stepping on him. I'm sitting there. <laughs> Monday of last week, of course. Uh, we didn't get into it last week, but, uh, you know, the Evergrande situation blew up and the market went blood red. Um, futures were down and it bled over until the next day. The Dow plummeted, the NASDAQ plummeted. And I called Howie and I said, Howie, what are we buying? And I had a couple ideas and he said, you're thinking too hard. He said, buy Ford. Trust me on this. Buy some options. Keep those calls just right above the money. You'll be up. 40% tomorrow. Waited to Tuesday. I think I was up like 12, 15%. Uh, Howie told me to hold. And then the next day I overslept. And Howie, I ring, I look at my phone and he says, I hope you got out of those Ford calls. I'm out like 40%. And I hit the sell button out 59% in a three-day swing. So I want to say, Howie, because uh, I read a lot of these people, they're like, just listen to what Howie says. You're going to make money. You don't have to do anything crazy. And, and you're right. I, my broker gave me shit. He's like, you bought Ford calls? And I said, what's wrong with 60% in three days? And he was like, are you shitting me? So actually, actually, Chris, if we had held them, 
the day after, I don't know if you saw what happened, but they were up 120%. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So like I said about all of our readers, you don't have to be crazy. You don't have to overthink um, but if you are going to buy an option and, and, and Howie and I didn't get crazy, we didn't buy any light in the loafers. We went out, uh, three weeks, I believe. And you know, well, all out- we needed was that dead cat bounce, but you yep. want to try to buy a stock. That's not that volatile. That has a low beta because there's more intrinsic value. Absolutely. It's worth a lot more and, we, and shit. It didn't move much. It moved up like a buck all together. So anyway, follow us on the Twitter, um, sp- follow us, uh, uh, specifically our handles. Cause that's where I tweet them. I do put them on the cash daddies as well. Um, I did buy more you, 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 you last week. I am in uranium long. I know a lot of people bought it and smashed and grabbed took 14 to 20%. I applaud you. I didn't have time to swing it because I'm not swinging it. It is a long term hold for me and I'm playing it long. So I did uh, add to that position. What about you guys? How'd you do? I'm same thing, man. I'm just still, I'm still holding the same stuff. I dollar costed average uh, plug 24 and change a few weeks ago. That thing was up nicely. Um, I think it's up to almost 27. Uh, Ping had a beautiful run. Uh, what the hell? I looked at Ping. Actually, I got a bunch of in mails from, uh, from readers and yeah, shit. It's up to, uh, fuck, where is that goddamn thing? Ping. Ping's up to 27. Um, and that's one that we were pushing. I was pushing at 24 and a half, 25. Um, no, everything, it was a good week. And like, it was a, if you were in solid sectors, even when we took a correction last week, you still made decent money. You know, like Chris said, that day the market was down, that's just opportunity. That's what you're buying shit on sale. Uh, just trying to get your portfolio up a few percentage points. That's, that's what it is. That's how you do it long-term. Yeah. And one note on those uh, calls that I bought, I didn't buy it market. I, I, I tracked the stock for maybe two hours and I saw where it was, it was dipping to. And I put a, put my offer in at two cents below what it was trading at for. And it popped like an hour later. So don't buy it market. If you see something just, just playing itself flat and trading sideways. And if it's trading sideways for an extended period of time, just lowball a little bit and you're going to get a deal on, on, on your option. Um, Evan, what about you? Rough week in the crypto market. Tell uh, us about it. China came out for the 17th Motherfucking time. Motherfucking China. For the 17th time in three months, they banned crypto. This time, <clears throat> it is a little more serious. They banned all crypto transactions. So the market uh, you know, reflected that, and everything just took a big old shit. Down 20% on everything. And I was so bullish on cake, as you know, that was my pick, like, two times in the past three weeks. And I mean, China just took a big dump on us, but I, but I think the record, dip. but for the record, Hex did not react to this dip. So, you know, I think it may, it may have got down to 41 cents. And now it's stable. They recruited another uh, 2000 uh, Ponzi investors. Here we go. Howie. Every, everybody's safe. Yeah. I, but if we're looking at 46 cents. Howie, if I was you and I was out in public and somebody, sir, if I ordered a drink, I'd say send it back unless it had a seal on it. Do you know what I mean? That's no. where you're playing with your life right now. Because oh, one of these guys. God. Yep. Seriously. The, 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 the Hexagon Mafia, the Hexagon <laughs> Mafia is no the joke. They're going to come get me. They're going to come get me. Yeah, okay. Come on down to my hood right now in New York, baby. Come on down. 
I'll let's give you a big hug. let's talk bigger picture on why everything uh, initially was effective. How much is is this crash due to China pulling the plug for the thirtieth time, or is this a direct result of Evergrande collapsing and people being afraid that crypto, uh, the tether market, could be con connected to Chinese paper money? Um, and more First importantly, well, let's stop, stop right there because yeah. what exactly? I mean, Friday we had a huge bounce back. Right. But my question is, is this just a bounce or are we going to see longer terms uh, effect from this Evergrande? I don't want to call it a default, but I, mean I don't think that has any effect on the domestic markets. I think the only people that are screwed with that Evergrande situation are Chinese banks. Because, Chinese. Yeah, the banks are screwed because they loan these dudes $300 billion. They're not getting paid back. But you know, if you don't think the Chinese government is going to come in and bail these guys out. They already did. They already yeah. did. 71 billion, to my knowledge. They're not and going anywhere. These shady fucks are so disgusting. They were taking money from their employees. I know. Saying, hey, we got to borrow money from you guys. I, <laughs> I mean, well, not only that, not only that, they took they were taking their houses and shit. Yeah. These, people, these people invested in houses and bought them and they're like, no, they're not your houses. They're our houses. Oh, you mean the communists doing communist bullshit? Yeah, exactly. A That's bit. all. Okay. A little bit. That's it. You uh, rich kid Marxist motherfuckers. Look at what's happening, you fucking fucks. But it's uh, not going to affect our markets at all. I, I don't believe it is. I, I don't think so either. I think it was a little bit of an overreaction to it. I still, you and I debate about this a lot. You think uh, a uh, correction of 20 to 30% is incoming by end of year. I think it's going to be somewhere in the 7 to 10% range. It still hasn't come. So um, I've been selling off stocks because of that a little I bit here and a little bit there. Nothing once I wrong. show profit, once that red goes away, I'm like, okay, <clears> no, I got, I got, I made 20 bucks on this deal. So absolutely this cash on this one, man. Unless you know? it's a long-term play that you're not going to ever touch. Like I'm never going to fucking sell Apple. It's just parked. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, that's me too. But I just want to say something about crypto. And in particular, I want to talk about Bitcoin. We can say whatever we want about Bitcoin. Oh my God. Uh, like, dude, a year, a year and a half ago, it was at $4,500. Okay. I mean, it's still 10 times that right now. So if you got to put it in perspective. This is just the way it is. Here's the problem with with this game that we're playing with crypto is like everybody is just you get they're getting a little profit and then they're selling off. Okay. Instead of understanding this is a long game that we should all work together, get this up. But I get it. But that is gonna be the game that's played. It's gonna go up and it's gonna go, but it's gonna it's gonna go like that. I do think we could see 60 grand, but it's gonna, I mean. It's going to be a fight, man, because that's why everybody's pushing everybody to stake right now. Stake your coin. Stake your coin. Stake, stake your coin. Stake it, baby. Stake, stake it, baby. Stake it. Come on now. Stake it. Stake it. I've ever heard Just in my to, life. So we could, we could, we could stable the, these coins. But this is a game we play because you're going to have day traders smashing, grabbing profits, and that's fine. But it's going to make it harder for these things to explode. And it's just going to take time. I'll tell you so, what, you Sam, know, I had, it's just like you can pick. I was texting you guys the other night uh, and I had the Friday night, a friend of mine opened a new restaurant downtown Wall Street, which was a great feeling to go there, eat, see all these guys, because it was it's one of the few restaurants that has opened down there. I mean, I can't tell everyone how decimated New York I hit. Well, you know, you live in L.A., same thing. So, I mean, there's just all these famous old restaurants have been there for 40, 50, 60 years. They're gone. 
So this guy opened up a new restaurant and I got a chance to meet with a couple guys that work at uh, Morgan Stanley. And uh, I'll tell you what, they all were very adamant on this correction coming. And the one thing they said was, listen, if you own anything besides Bitcoin and Ethereum, you better be careful. And that's, you know, these guys know, man, this, these guys are in, they're in the fight on a daily basis. They know everybody. Uh, they know a lot more than me. Um, and it was goddamn interesting talking to him. I got, I got some really good information. Uh, switching gears, um, we need to acknowledge the fact that there's uh, some information that's leaked over the weekend uh, through Robinhood with some leaked emails regarding the Citadel Ken Griffin situation that they possibly were lying. Ken Griffin was lying in front of Congress when he said they didn't communicate with Robinhood regarding the selling of GameStop back when the squeeze was happening. Now, there's been some leaked documents that they're saying that uh, they were aware and in communication with each other. And yeah, uh, here's the transcript, I guess, from these emails. So who lied? Well, uh, Ken Griffin of Citadel lied uh, to Congress and said that they weren't in communication with Robin Hood. So these are internal emails. Uh, just an FYI, this is from Gretchen Howard. Just an FYI that Dan and I are joining Jim at 5 p.m. on a call with Citadel. They've reached out and want to speak this evening, and we believe they will make some documents on limiting payment for order flow across the board. We won't agree to anything, but wanted to give you a heads up. Vlad says, okay. And then he says, maybe this would be a good time for me to chat with Ken Griffin. You guys can mention that. And he says, I've never met him. So- if this comes out and it is true, uh, the, the super stock guys are already going nuts saying this guy's got to go to jail. They colluded. If they, it's true. Yeah. He's perjured himself, man. Yeah, If he's true. actually, per well, but here's the thing. Is he too big and too powerful to actually uh, have any consequences? Well, no, because they asked him, the, wasn't that Congress that sat his ass down? No, no he's screwed. If, if it's true, he's screwed. Well, it's going to be an interesting week. And just a quick uh, side note, somebody contacted Sam um, about GME and AMC. They said, you know, can we come on the show? Absolutely. We have not been following GME and AMC as closely as possible. And if you do want to come on, send us that email, DM me directly on Twitter, and we'll talk to you because we would like to update the crowd because we realize a lot of people have a lot of fucking money in GME. And more importantly, this could have a domino effect on the AMC as well with, you know, if there was this trading halt and not allowing people to buy and or sell either uh, GME or AMC. So we do want to hear from you, whoever you GME, were. GME's going to 160, 150, 160. I don't think so, Howie. I think I Monday is. morning, I think this stock's going to be back to $200. All right, let's make the bet. Okay. Oh, snaps. Oh, my, gun, my guns are blazing right now. Okay. So you say it's going to 160. I saw it's going to 200. What's it trading at right now? It's trading, I think, 180. Is it? Okay. Here, uh, 185. Okay. So over, under on 200. How much time are you going to give me? I got the under. But how much time are you going to give me? Yeah, but I don't like this bet. I, I say it's going to 160. So let's do this. Yeah. Let's, let's say, does it hit 200 quicker or 160 quicker? That's a good bet. Okay, that's fair. And I'll say 200 easy. And I'll say 160. All right. Evan, did you write that down? Mm -hmm. Okay, 100 bucks, Howie, you're on. 
Um, can we bring up the one of the coolest things I've seen? Um, and then we'll get to meme of the week. It's the meme of the week. It's the motherfucking, motherfucking meme of the week. We'll get to that in a sec. Uh, meme of the week. You want to go to meme of the week now? No, I mean, we could do whatever. Oh, let's hey. go to meme of the week. Uh, Dunkelman, did you have a good week at all? And yeah, then we'll get to the meme week. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've got, uh, you, you said you, uh, you, you, you. I've only got three U's. Should I make the switch? I've been taking a lot of your, your call, your, uh, your choices here and i've made some money off of something i got a little bit of forward i did okay like i said i got that uh that crypto it's that's the lottery ticket i don't want to have to touch any of that i'll tell you the one i don't know i don't know if nephew you still own it but the one i we gotta talk about because three months ago i know i was pushing the shit out of it and you backed me up by the whole vacation summer situation but god damn it look at airbnb Yep. And I will say this. I sold my calls last week. Thank you for reminding me. Um, I had owned those calls since June and I can't remember. I want to say I got out at like 28% gain, but at one point I was down 80% on them, but I knew this thing was coming back. So I like a and B long. I probably will get back in with shares, but they're just, everybody's going to use this company. So, I was pushing it when it was at around 135 three months ago. It's at 176. Yeah, and I bought it IPO and uh, made made a good chunk on it. And I will say this: we're honest around here. We have to be honest when we take our our L's. I am down big on my IBM calls, and I was going to ask you: should I just cut bait on them? I'm holding 145s and 150s for October 15, and I think uh, I'm down like 90 percent on them. I like it because it went to 134. Uh, it's it, it jumped big time, so it's up to 137.60. And I mean, if you look at it, if this thing breaks above 141, it's going to 146 fairly quickly. I'd hold them. What do you I have? A 140s? I have a 145 and I have a 150. Okay, yeah, I'd hold them. What were they? October's October 15s, yeah. Go hope for a jump this week. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not going to make all my money back on them, but if I get a pop on that, I'm going to. Yeah. I'm in a poll. It's definitely heading um, in the right direction. All right. Meme of the week, Evan. Can you bring it up? Meme of the week. Which one is it? Meme of the week. I mean, this week was a real tough. I mean, there's like three stellar candidates. We got Howie on the fucking uh, album cover. We got me and nine people that hang out in my bathroom. We got. Uh, <laughs> I, like, I like this one. Uh, all right. This, this one's my favorite here. Let me see if I can find it. This one. Uh, okay, this is special request. So BG David sent this to me, and originally it didn't say Howie up front, and then uh, no, it did, and then I had him Photoshop Howie's face into it. So, does I anybody know like the origin know. of this meme? Could somebody explain it to me? What movie is it? Yeah, what movie is this from? For those that are are, are listening, so we can explain it to them. Well, for those of you who don't know, it's the three people in the church pews. Someone's sitting praying gun behind him with the girl, gun behind him with another girl. And then we have in the balcony, somebody that's taking everybody out. So Howie's up front. Behind him, we have a girl with a gun that says dividends. Behind her, there's a girl with a gun that says stocks. And then in the balcony, it's Richard Hart with a sniper rifle. So yeah. well Hart, that, that, that rifle will be shaking so bad. I wouldn't be worried about him shooting oh me. Jesus <laughs> Christ. That's BG. It would, it, it, would be fall, it, would be out, it would be falling out of his fat, sweaty fingers. Okay. For okay. the love of God. 
Uh, that's BG David, everybody. And then if we can. Oh, that's this is my favorite. Uh, the Hit Squad nightclubbing over now, six. That, now, Howie, are those real glasses you've worn? Yeah, absolutely. They're oh my, my god, <laughs> those are my favorite glasses. Those are Oakley's from 1993. They're outfielders. Damn, glasses. Howie. Damn. Derek Jeter used to wear those. You're, you're new, dude. You should need to be introduced as Howie Me Magic. Now, That's well, hold on. Those are baseball. Magic. What? What are you? What are you worried about? A pop fly from a hot dog vendor <laughs> on a street corner in New York City? <laughs> Me Magic. Bro. Go to a lot of Yankee games, man. By the way, they won tonight. We just swept Boston. I'm so excited. We'll take it. Um, How'd the Jets do, bro? I don't have the internet. Don't even talk why would you even it. ask don't that even question? Talk about it. What kind of a question is that? Well, how did the Jets do? How did oh, they can't. How have we done the last 50 years? Oh, shit, Bill. Oh, can you see my shirt? You're a Jets fan, dude. I'm so sorry. Unfortunately. Oh, Ryan, are dude. you from upstate? Yeah, I'm from an hour south of Buffalo. I'm a huge Bills fan. So what's, what town, what town are you from? Ellicottville, New York. It's, there's a ski resort called Holiday Valley. I played, ba- yeah. I played Brian. I played basketball at Alfred University. My first. Oh no shit! Yeah. All right, right down Let's the road. These guys a room, and we'll finish up. <laughs> Salamanca. So I got. I got. Salamanca. I had a rough night in Salamanca one time. We got lost there. That was our rivals in school. They really didn't like it when we fucked their girls. They yeah, did not the like it. The bar didn't like us when we wouldn't leave either. That was uh, who likes it when you fuck their girls. You know what? Uh, Cox, sell, it's the whole cottage it industry. <laughs> it is. It's such a weird thing. By the That's way, when you're too old to fucking, but you don't want to lose your house in the divorce. Absolutely, like, don't fuck her all dang. Absolutely, and I want to bring this up. Cucks in the traditional term are getting a bad rap. Okay. <laughs> If I had to fucking pay some guy to fuck my wife and watch just to avoid a divorce and losing half my net worth, I'll be that guy. Okay. Who wouldn't? Prenup. Yeah. And who has to pay, dude? Cucks. They pay the whole thing. They don't pay anybody. They just like come bang my wife. Some dude's like, for, for, I can. Is it cool? And they come over, they drop hammer, and you get to sleep in the house that you pay for. Who's paying for it, Neff? You got, you got lit up, bro. You got to take it, dude. You got to give up your wife's snack for free, bro. Yeah, you're selling that snapper for absolutely no pennies. Yeah, dude, they should be giving you five bucks. Um, can we talk about the video that made the rounds this week about the crypto savant hamster? Because oh, okay, real quick, I want to say, you know, it'd be real cool if somebody would do a "Where are they now?" Two chicks, one cup. I like to know where there's, they are. I, I saw a video recently of do it. Somebody did a "Where are you now?" and they're <laughs> they're still doing like shoots and shit. Oh, good for them! I mean, dude, they're still working. About you guys, your managers fucked you. Their public appearance agent fucked. Them. They should be on tour selling cookbooks. You know, they should be like the Snoop Dogg of right. They should be like putting their name on everything. You know, from two chicks, one cup. Well, now you know them from my pillow, everybody. <laughs> Get a good, you know, like, that's, that's what they spoon. should be doing. Those chicks managers fucked up. Two chicks, one cup. Can we yeah. see the ha- Can we see the hamster? Of course you can. Can you say that more creepy? Can you do that? Can we see that? <laughs> Coming from the guy thought, who pays for cuckings, I get it. I thought he just blew a patch when the ur came out. All right, so so this dude has set up a hamster to walk through either one hole or the other. 
after he gets off the wheel to make all of his crypto picks. Yeah, but this is since this, this he's been doing this for two, three months. Hey, it's a system that's working. Respect for three months. No, I can't. Look at that. There's the buy. There's the sell. And this there's guy's Chris, on fire. There's, Chris, there's Chris's asshole. <laughs> I would never well, do it. Uh, he's doing both of them. Yep. Mr. My Cow. point is, my point is, I would never do anything this stupid. He Wait, took you in a cat put a hamster on the streets. I I was lying. I do do something even dumber. Go ahead, go ahead, Evan. Show him how I make my pick. Oh no! Oh no! Oh hold no! On, oh on, no! Hold on! Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I got I got Evan, I had a huge softball for you, and you, Evan, you're so lucky. In. This isn't Seacrest, because you'd be getting killed right now. <laughs> well, no, I didn't want to show my uh, DMs. You, you better start. Oh shit! I want to know what kind of DMs Evan's getting. Uh, yeah, you what, you have to sound, set it. The sound wasn't playing. I don't think was it. Uh, no, I don't think so. I can't, I can't believe you, you. People pay you to produce fucking podcasts. <laughs> what just happened right there? I have a confession to make. I pick my stocks by asking Sweeters. So, Sweeters, can you tell me if Beam was a good pick? Okay, it is dog shit. Thank you. What about SoFi? You do like SoFi? Okay. This could be the creepiest Oh my god, I missed a gerbil uh, already. Wish? I mean, like, Why I'm getting nervous here. I'm sweating. Is that a bad idea? Yeah, I know. It's complete complete uh uh dog shit but no I'm not by the way these myself. are videos they show okay, before you shoot and, up an uh, office do you have any other recommendations oh really so it shows its asshole if it likes it oh, okay so i didn't know what it was yeah. if it likes it it shows oh, you its asshole oh, okay. yes. oh that's what awesome. happens yeah, you missed all right i got it right i got it right away back up the last 10 seconds and listen to it because he was right listen to this you want me to start listening to Sam Tripoli's picks? Oh. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Well, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, Thanks. there we go. Yep. Butthole approved. If I get Sweeters' ring as approval, that's a buy. <laughs> so I will a- actively be investing in a Tech 9 this week. Um, guys, what do you, what do you think? Uh, what do you like this week? Oh, I'll tell you, I uh, I'm going hard in the paint uh, on Philip Morris. Uh, if you like little eight, nine, ten year old kids to start smoking, um, Philip Morris gets them addicted at a nice young age, so you got clients for life. Uh, but I absolutely love Philip Morris symbol M O. Stock is currently trading at around forty nine with a seven and a half percent yield. So you got a couple thousand dollars in the bank just by Philip Morris, man. You get seven and a half percent instead of zero. Plus you get the appreciation. You're going to get the upside. Um, I think the stock's headed towards uh, $55. I love it. Absolutely love Philip Morris right now. If you need some confirmation bias, Vinny uh, Femia uh, DM me. Uh, and he's telling, uh, telling me to buy an MO as well. Yeah, so. we talked about it. Vinny's a good guy. Yeah, we talked about that. I, and it's a stock that, shit, man. Stock that I've I've owned for probably 25, 30 years. Okay. Um, uh, Evan, talk to us. I don't have a specific pick for this week, but I will say 
develop or find or plan an exit strategy because someday all these things are going to crash, especially in crypto. Bear market's going to come and you don't want to get caught with your pants down. So that's, that's good advice. Get, that's an exit, ex- get an exit strategy, take your profits. That's all I got. That's exactly what these dudes told me at this new restaurant on Friday. They told me the exact same thing, man. Well, are you from stocks or crypto too? Both. Crypto. Yeah. Well, Both. yeah. Stocks so you're too. saying you're saying start getting out crypto. I, I would think so. I would think that something's coming soon with all the FUD that's going around and uh, my personal opinion. So he's what if you're holding it for long term? Are right? you think you think these are going to come back? They'll definitely come back, but I mean, if if you're in a just you're don't in, get tied up. Yeah, if you're in Cum Rocket or like any. So other you're talking like, like selling Bitcoin, Ethereum, Monero, all that. I mean, that would kind of be the smart thing to do because that way you can catch where relatively the top is, and then when it drops, you can just buy it wherever, and it's gonna eventually go up higher than that. Nothing wrong with that because what he's basically telling you to do is just raise cash. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, especially if you've already made. Oh, man, I got so much money in crypto, dude. If I get out, you, you can sick. hold it, but you get like, that's just more of a yeah, put some stop loss. I mean, I would, if you have some, I would just look at the percentages. If you have, if you're overweighted crazy, man, sell. Some- What's that mean? Overweighted. Are you just call me fat, man. Yeah, said you had overweight. If you're if you have, I'm freezing my fat. Don't worry about that. I bought it on Groupon. I bought that fat freezing, cool sculpting shit. Does that work? I'm gonna get a fuck. I'm getting rid of these tits. Sam, I can tell you're still (laughs) listening to AM radio if you're if you're going cool sculpting. No, I have my my guy who does my videos. His wife does cool sculpting. He's like, you're perfect for school cool sculpting so yeah, i'm gonna do it your dude. attorney is probably uh james bergener too hey, do, you, do you do that do you do that sculpting sweet before, james before sweet james. After, you do that before or after you like do tai bow I, I don't do tai bow i do croft mcgoff <laughs> and and then pilates yeah hey so listen hey beep that beep that one okay too. <laughs> Or keep it in. I don't really care either way. Eh, um, you better beep it. Why? Eh, you know how the kids are these days. Hey, dude. They're loosening up. They're actually loosening loosen up. I don't, honestly, I don't care. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> all right. So, uh, so you're telling me to sell all my stuff. Okay. Not all man. Of it. No, I'm just saying look, develop an exit strategy. Yeah. Just, I don't even know what that means. Dude, dude, if you have more than 40, 40% of your entire net worth in crypto, hell yeah, man. Okay, that number is a lot higher than 40%. You got to take some <laughs> profits and just put it in cash. Keep a couple Bitcoin and then the rest just keep Dude, I got, dude, I got cash, bro. I mean, what am I, an asshole? I got cash. I, I got gold cash. too, man. I'm loading up on gold. Buy, you, you don't need to buy the actual concrete. That, look, that's something I want to say. You don't need to buy the actual concrete gold. When, when Who's I buying say, concrete gold? I'm buying gold gold. Dude, you buy AU. Go on and buy buy the ETF. What, what the, the fuck is concrete gold? Is that like... Yeah, what is that? What is that? What is that, you fucking Tangible. shady Tangible New Yorker? Gold. You don't need to be buying gold bars. Is that, that like, like, is that like concrete that's like sprayed on gold on the outside with spray paint? It's like the Notre Dame helmets. It's exactly okay. what it's like. It's got real gold <laughs> in it. 14 karat. Yeah, you can All buy right, just buy So that's my bar. whole thing. Uh, you know, I, I'm talk. I, I talk to a lot of the crypto people. The, the uh, crypto pirates, dog. <laughs> the crypto. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do. 
Okay, and they're uh, when they tell me. Wait, to where get do out, you? I forget. Where do you guys meet? Where, where's the crypto pirate meeting at? Uh, the Queen Mary. Okay. In Long uh, Beach, by your house. You know the, the place the hood rats hang out, right? Literally. That's, that's Dude, if, you, if you guys want to hang out with Neff, just know if you need crack, it's, it's neighbors selling it. All right. <laughs> and yet the property values just keep increasing. That's what I yeah, can't figure yeah, out. Yeah, here's the thing: Neff took in a cat, and the unfortunate thing is, it's a crack crack whore cat, and it's sucking dick in the back. <laughs> He's trying to make a living. Uh, by the way, I do. Um, uh, out of respect, I was going to keep the cat talk to a minimum this week, but it oh, is. Hi, it's been a great show, guys. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> but it, it is official that Woodrow Wilson 9-11 was not an inside job. Saki, we went to the moon. Rothschild is a new member of my household. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah. real quick, before we end this, because it's going uh, long and, uh, you know, I got a dog that's going to shit all over and, the place. And then Brian and I haven't made our picks, but that's okay. Go do a monologue right now. Okay. Dunkle man, I want to talk to you. You, you. What are you doing internet wise? Because you're doing some stuff with your kid. I saw that and I really like that. What yeah, are you doing? the YouTube channel. I, I got to start a podcast again. I had a podcast, but like, what was your podcast stop. about? It was just to, it was a, a young guy who I had worked with in, in Webster, outside of, not even Rochester, Webster. You worked that club called baby. the Comedy Club. Well, he moved out. He wanted to do a podcast. It was just kind of like the, the older, seasoned, bitter guy and the guy who was like full of dreams and hope and that we we're just kind of contrasted. But um, I, I, I want to do another one. Uh, I just got to get around to actually doing it. I kind of oh, wanted know, everything to converge with the film and, and you know, the press. And right. right. Shit, so, you know, but, we can wait for this. We can wait for that. We can wait yeah. for this, but it's like, and then who knows what ends up actually happening here. Right. Exactly. So now you, now you certainly put everything on this thing that you're hoping happen happens. And in LA and Hollywood, we just know that sometimes it just doesn't happen. Like I have, sure. I have a, a film in, in product that slowly move forward. I know tomorrow I can get a call that, Hey dude, it just, you know, we just don't see this. happen. like can't rely on anything. The only thing we could do, dude, is start working on like tangible shit. Yeah. And that is like, like your podcast, you like, dude, you have a lot of things going on for you. You have a lot of knowledge. You have a, uh, let's be honest. I can listen to you. You talk. Your voice is is wonderful. You could, I can listen to you talk all the time, and you have a lot of experience. So it's like, you know, when we start creating our own digital footprint, we no longer are waiting for other people to make things happen for us. And if it does, that's this. It's just icing on the cake. If it doesn't happen, it, we're on to the next one. So it's like, uh, you know, as a comedian, and like, you know. I've just been blessed, dude. Like I listen to you talk. I go, man, this guy's had such a great career. And what a like, a, just a fucking septic tank of a, of a comedy career I had. I had a, you know, I had a non-union show on Spike TV and that was the only time they would even let me sniff anything. And I, yeah. so I got my dick kicked in very early, man. And for a very, very long time. Like I started comedy at 22 years old. I didn't start making real money till I was 43 years old, man. Yeah. So it's like, it's been a long thing. And, you know, you're, you're practicing with the, you know, you know, we talk about on Tim Hell all the, all the time, but it's like, you know, you know, love thy neighbor, yeah. uh, law of attraction, mob of abundance, love thy neighbor. So we got to kind of also, work on kind of how we talk about ourselves too, because this is kind of how we put stuff into the universe. Sure. And if you don't love yourself, 
who's going to love you. You got to love yourself or other people love you. You got to change yourself to change the world. But when we work on podcasting, you know, even this tiny podcast that is growing, I, I watch it grow all the time because people are making money and it, you know, there's three, there's four guys who work on this and they all, they all have love. One of them's, you know, on another podcast that he cares more about, but that's okay. Don't even worry about that. Uh, but the point is that, this is a digital footprint that can grow and people want to see it coming. So you have a lot sure. of skills. You have a lot of intelligence. It's just like, you know, you could work a million other things or you could just work for yourself. And like the, that is the one thing in the world where it's like the podcast, anybody can hit. It just right. like, it just takes hard work. And it's like, if it's not the first podcast, it's the second podcast. And it's like what we talk about on the show all the time is independent contractor, become yeah. your own boss. Yes. Uber's great, but still you're relying on somebody to get you the, the rides and all that stuff. But it's like, when you get to a podcast, it starts getting like 20,000 people listens and views. You start getting some fucking real ad money coming in at that right. point. And that, and then you don't have to worry about fucking bosses and all that shit. So Figure out what you love. And these are the things that you do. You, you got to have a podcast. People either here are the here are the four things that people have. They either fr best friends with Joe Rogan and they get on there all the time. Some people don't have that access. Sure. I know I don't. So and even though we're good friends, uh, some people are famous people who come in and you somewhat fall into that. Right. You kind of people know who you are. So that kind of helps. The other one is you come up with a great name. OK, come town guys. We <laughs> fucked my favorite murder. Tinfoil hat. And guess what? I think Cash Daddies is that as well. And then I laughed the first time I heard it. And finally, is are do are people learning something? Are they gaining something from your podcast? Podcasts and the new books. So it's like everything else is like I hope this. I hope that make it happen. Go to work. Build your own shit. And You're you don't exactly need right. to have a million fucking things. I'm doing this off of my computer with a little fucking light and a, a nano that I got for a hundred bucks off the internet. It's yeah. real simple shit. And it's all there. Yes. There's a million podcasts. Guess what? There's not enough. I break the internet all right. the fucking time. Cause I'm like refreshing on all my content. I need more content. And I'm not even one of these kids. That I, I like, I have jobs to do. These kids are digesting stuff all the time. So it's like, it's time to do it more than, hoping this movie happens. And I hope the movie does. No, happen you're exactly your story right. Is great. But you got to start becoming your own boss and producing your own content and creating the stuff that you would want to see on television, make your own show. Right. Yeah. You know, you know, when I, when I did that YouTube channel with my kid, this movie producer, he said he had a notebook with a list of movie ideas. And one of them just said Dunkelman. And he started following me on social media and he was watching my kids videos. We were just playing some of these. They had 10, 12 views. He was one of the views. He, yeah, and that's, that, and that's where this came from. So I put with 10, 12 views. I, well, exactly. I put something out there and something positive happened. I'm telling you, I completely agree. You just have to just do it. The sooner you're, you're the sooner you start, the sooner you're at a hundred thousand subscribers. It you're just exactly takes time. Right. You're right. You got a pick for us this week, Brian? You know what? Since my uh, current uh, retirement plan is uh, Dogecoin and winning a DraftKings tournament, the I like DraftKings as a long play, dude. I've been in fantasy sports. I, I started fantasy football when, in 1990. I'm still in the same league. I, I It's not going anywhere. And I wish I bought one share of Roblox just to teach my kid. And I wish I would have bought more. If that dips, I'm getting more in because these kids are obsessed with it. So those are my two plays. And buy Dogecoin. 
for fuck's sake, pump it up for me. It's crazy how nobody's talking about that. that, right? I mean, nobody talks Dogecoin anymore. No, no. And it just went from 20 to 30 and back down. I think it's going to do that. Like, I, I wish I had a bunch of dough that I could just put in and try and get a little bit of a, of a profit off it. But like I said, it's, it, it was I'm playing with that money. It was trading as high as 76 cents, I believe, when uh, Saturday Night Live. No, yeah. And I didn't, I, I, I didn't like a diamond hands that shit. See, I'm learning the lingo. <laughs> um, I got, uh, I got two things I want to bring up uh, because I'd like your opinion on it. My, uh, my, my, I, my pick of the week, by the way, is QuantumScape. Um, it is a lithium battery company. Um, this thing popped last October, ran up to like 114. Um, and it's been trading sideways since May, right around 22 to $27. Uh, I like it. So that's my pick of the week. But I'm getting a lot of people hitting me up this week saying, hey, you know, IOTC striking. And for those of you who don't know what IOTC is, it's the Inter International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. And this is huge. Um, you know, if they that's strike, right. if they strike, we're not yep. going to see any any uh, TV and film work, and it's going to impact me and my business personally. Um, so they're going to strike. They're going they are going to strike. So yeah. I've had people say, "I'm really bearish on Netflix. I'm really bearish on Amazon. I'm really bearish on Apple." And I've said, "You know, I agree with you on all those points, except you can't fuck with Apple." And they are bitching, saying, "We're not making enough money uh, streaming. We're the small guy in the room, but you can't fuck with Amazon because they're too broad." I think if you want to target one of these streaming companies, it's Netflix. I wouldn't fuck with Disney. So if you do want to play this on the downside, I would say look at Netflix specifically. Uh, the strike is supposed to come out October 1st. Uh, I, for my inside sources, and I do have many of them, all three of them said we are definitely voting to strike. Yeah. These fuckers are basically saying they want another 150 hours out of these, um, these workers and they all work freelance. They go from job to job to job. Right. But they want another 150 hours to provide them with health insurance benefits, which is fuckery. So I'm pro-union. I'm going to support these people. Uh, a lot of them are my good friends. But if you're looking to play Netflix, my suggestion is to buy puts after earnings on October 19th. So I would look for a date outside of October 19th. Howie, do you buy the news a little sooner on this? Yeah, I do. I buy way before. I buy it now. If you're going to buy puts on it, go out six months, buy the 550s, yeah. 525s, buy the puts. But I would definitely do it now because if they do strike, uh, you know, everything comes months ahead. of The news comes out way later. So if you buy yep. it now and these guys strike October 3rd or whatever, that thing's going to be down 60, 70, 80 points. A lot of people were telling me 550 is the number they like, but they yeah, were putting it in uh, six months. But go you're on. saying go long on it. Yeah, go out and buy the February, the March 550s. That's what I would do. Okay, so there's your, um, your downside play if you're interested in playing it. And then I do have one big shout out this week. The guys, I don't know if you know, but Cash Daddies is uh, growing as a community. And we encountered a new um, chart, chart master, a TA guy, goes by the name of Space Goat Fart. So we've added him, and he's got his own channel on the Discord now. So he tweets a lot. He'll be probably yapping up these picks this week. Give him a follow. Again, it's Space Goat Fart on Twitter and the Discord. All right, guys. Great show today. What a wonderful show. Brian Dunkelman, thank you so much. Uh, if you want to follow Dunkelman, we're going to have uh, 
all of his social media links in the description. You want to give them to us real quick, Brian, so they can find you? Yeah, Twitter, it's just Brian Dunkelman, L-E Dunkelman. And uh, Instagram is uh, the Brian Dunkelman because some uh, high school twat stole my name. I can't get it back. So These motherfuckers. <laughs> Nothing I can do. And go to briandunkelman.com and uh, you'll see updates on, the, on how the film is coming out. So. All right, guys. Hope Thanks, you guys Brian. make money. Be, Thank you guys be so much. I really appreciate and, uh, you guys. We will talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. Shout out Justin Tucker.